The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome on in, everybody. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And that's also where you can find links to see the full high school football schedules, the broadcast links you can stream and listen live. But also how you can participate in our Preps Pick'em Contest presented by Locker42. We already gave a $100 gift certificate away this week for the the best overall picks from the opening weekend of high school football. More teams are involved this weekend. More games to choose from. But uh, if you you haven't registered yet, log in. If you participated with us last spring in our NCAA thing that we did in the springtime with college basketball... Um, then you just you remember your username and password. You can use that; it still works. Uh, but if you didn't, you'd still like to participate and do something new. That's great. Log in, create an account. Super easy to do, and then you go through and uh, make your picks. Oh, and record, by the way. Oh, oh, hi, hi, Aj. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Oh, sorry, I was doing my job. Of going somewhere else, <laughs> being out of the room when the show starts. Really. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just go in there, log in, create your account, make your picks, make your selections. I'm sure you'll probably do better than I did. Why are you such a bully to me? I was only 2-4 and four in the opening week. Well, I, I was horrible. I was expecting more out of a few teams than they uh, let me down. Kind of surprised at how they struggled. So we'll see if things change this week, though. So uh, go on there. Uh, we have a link on 1069thefan.com, and uh, you can find it there. Uh, the, the the high score leader for week one, 691 points from Sasquatch Aggie. And he won a $100 gift certificate to Locker 42. The the prize this week, you remember, you recall what it is, Ajay? It's pretty sweet. Uh, from this past week or this upcoming no, this week? this upcoming week. Yeah, the $200 worth of oil changes at Cash Valley Auto Care, who, by the way, have done a lot of my oil changes last year and have done a fantastic job. They're really good. Yeah, $200 worth of oil changes. That'll take care of you for a while. And they do a great job of taking care of you, period, too. Just good stuff. There. Yeah. It's good people. Quality uh, yeah, work. So honest good people. You want in on that? You want some of that? Yeah, and uh, just log on. Make you want picks, some of that? And... Uh, Participate with us in our preps pick 'em contest uh, brought to you by Locker Forty Two, and uh, we're it's a great place for for booster clubs, high school teams. You get all your stuff logoed up properly, and you can do that at uh, at at Locker Forty Two and the Logo Shop. So, uh, and also if you win a week, you're automatically entered in to win our grand prize, which is going to be a sixty five inch four K TV. From Lens Audio and Video. So go check it out. It's all online there. at uh, The links are available on 1069thefan.com. Easiest way to do it. Easiest way to find it. 
Uh, the other thing that we need to get to, AJ, before we get too far off onto other topics, because we're prone to get distracted again from what we were supposed to do yesterday. Uh, this is it's a not new, my fault. This is a new feature. Uh, I, you were sent the text. You oh, really? Yes. You yeah, so you sent Friday me the text night. yesterday? The original text. You were sent the original text Friday night. Yeah. So you were notified. Well, I deleted that original text, and I asked you one favor, and you couldn't do it. Why did you delete it? I don't need a text message thread of John Newble and Eric Franson on my phone. Yes, you do. Because you two texting each other. I mean, you it's love the guy. quality information like that your, you should never delete or just He's like your prodigal aside. son. So messed up. Anyways, bread and butter, play of the week. Yeah, this is a cool new feature that we I am excited. So if you follow the Skyview football team and you've listened to the broadcasts. Which you should. Which you should. John is high quality. So uh, for every game broadcast for football season, John Newbold will identify a old grist mill bread and butter play of the game. And so you, he reminds you, Keep in mind, remember this, because in a few days, usually it's supposed to be on Monday afternoons. <laughs> That's we, not my fault! We didn't get to it yesterday, so we'll get to it today. But usually on Monday afternoons, we will say, okay, if you know what that bread and butter play of the game was for the Skyview Bobcats, call us, correctly identify it, and you could win a certificate that's good for four loaves of bread. Four, not just one, four loaves of bread to the old gristmill bread company. What if you're alone in the studio and there's nobody else there to answer the phone and you're on the air? Then you strategically do it when you have a long interview that you're about to play. I didn't have a long interview that I about played. Okay, yeah, I did, but I had to go use the restroom and it took out much of that time. So I'm not. neither of us are alone in the studio. So we're going to do this right now. So if you can correctly identify, I have the text, I have the information in front of me. So if you can correctly identify what John Newbold declared as the old gristmill bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview game Friday night, call us right now. Right now. 435-752-1069. And tell them what they'll win again. Four loaves of bread. Four. From the old gristmill company. But you have to correctly identify. What was that play? What was the bread and butter play of the game? I love it. So if you can correct, call in and correctly identify what it was, I've got the information here, then uh, we will give you a certificate for four loaves of bread. Yeah, I kept waiting for you to text me that message yesterday and never showed up. And I was like, well, fans, you'll have to wait another day, Bobcats. 435-752-1069. To uh, correctly identify the play, the bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview game on Friday. So, while people maybe go back and try to research that in their minds, a few other things to get into, AJ. We, I quickly want to remind people that the USU Volleyball has their blue-white scrimmage tonight. Tonight at 7, right? 7 o'clock in the Wayne Estes Center. It's That's free. Fun. It's open to the public. It's a great time to go watch volleyball. Uh, so that's going on tonight. Yeah. Uh, Utah State announced officially uh, Tyron Adams is joining the team. Uh, he's a, a corner. He uh, played uh, uh, at Arizona State last year, made a lot of, played in all of the 13 games for him last year. 
and was a significant contributor for him. And so uh, he's they, Utah State made that official. Five foot eleven, one hundred eighty pounds, defensive back, so big. So experience and uh, key component to that secondary and for depth. Utah State. Yeah, right? depth is a key uh, point there. Huge. So that those are some of the big news items of the day. Um, and we're also going to be getting into our stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. So those are some of the other things we're going to be touching on this hour here on the Full Court Press. Wait, player of the week. Oof. I, you know what? I have kind of a controversial one that's not going to sit well with people. Mine was really easy for me to select. Even though it pained me for what he did and who he did it to, uh, it was really easy for me to select my player of the week. Oh, dude. You just can't get over it, can you? What? You don't even know. Yeah, I do. We hey, everybody. Discuss this. Can I spoiler alert this? If I know who it is? It's Marty Pants. Who do you think it is? Bryce Harper. You don't think... Really? He didn't tease that hard enough that where I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder. I can only remember Bryce Harper just jacking one to the second deck on a walk-off, taking a full sprint around the bases. And a 2-2 on the way. Swung on, hit high and deep. Right field. And that (laughs) ball is gone! Look at Harper go around the bases. He's sprinting. Bryce Harper headed for the plate at full speed. (laughs) Game over. Phillies win it. 7-5 the final. He crushed that. He had himself a week. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Do you want to announce your player of the week right now? (laughs) Yeah, let's get into it right now. Might as well. I mean, Bryce Harper... um, that was his, what is that, his sixth career walk-off home run. Oh, man. And it wasn't just a home run. It was no, a grand slam. Man. <laughs> that place was lit. That was a fun night, though. I, well, I, just, I don't know if I'd say that. Cubs, their bullpen is just trash. It is. It absolutely you is. Hugh Darvish had himself a really solid game. Finally. The Cubs had a nice lead. And their bullpen just can't hold it together. Their bullpen is atrocious right now, huh? <sighs> Ever since they like let Aurel, that Chapman kid, go, they suck now. Uh, it was well, there was only one out in the ninth inning. They had a six-run rally, <laughs> and it completed a three-game sweep of the Cubs. But Harper has six career walk-off home runs, second most since he made his major league debut in 2012. Josh Donaldson's the only one who has more. He has seven. But look, just besides that one singular game, Harper has all of a sudden come on and made people realize why maybe he deserved the contract that he got. Mm. Seven home runs, 15 RBI in the last 12 games. And now Philadelphia, they're right in the thick of it for that uh Wild card spot. Yeah, Cubs in, still in the National League. Yeah, well, Nationals still lead the wild card by two games. Cubs are two games behind that. The Phillies are the uh, let's see, two games out of it as well. So you know, it, it, it's it's tough. It is uh, it's a tough National League right now. Our National League's been brutal for the last. What the Western Conference is in the NBA, the National League has been to the uh, or to the Major League Baseball. You know, you look at 
The Nationals are 68 and 56, Cubs 66 and 58, Phillies 64 and 60, as are the Mets. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers are 64 and 61. All those teams below the Nationals are two to two and a half games out. The crazy part, and for once this year, the American League actually looks even tougher. Cleveland's 74 and 51. They're a game and a half ahead of the 73 and 53 race. With the Athletics at 71 and 53 as well. Uh, the Red Sox are 67 and 59. And then the Angels are 11 games out of it with 63 and 65 record. Red Sox are horrible this year. And by the way, Chris Hill av- avoided uh, TJ surgery, so congrats to him. The Red Sox are six games out of it, though. And Dude, you know, I'm not going to... Your whole entail of, like... The A, the NL Central is tough, you know, whatever. You're so full of it. It is the most competitive. No, well, sure, but it's still crappy baseball teams. Every, every It's still day, crappy baseball teams. It's something different. Who's going to be on top? Okay, so you know what? The Eastern Conference, the, uh, uh, the, I don't know, one of the Eastern Conferences, the one that contains the Magic, the Hawks, and that group, that's the toughest. Are you talking about the NBA? Yeah, that's the toughest division in all of basketball because it's so competitive because the 66 and 77 Hawks are only a half game ahead of the 65 and 77 Magic. Look, the NL West, the Dodgers have an 18 and a half lead. 18 and a half game lead over the Giants. Boring. The National League East. Yo, but it's not about... That is improved, but for the longest time... The Braves had a commanding lead over anybody else. Here's Washington the Nationals have closed it to five games. Still, the, not that close, not that competitive. The AL, okay, the AL looks like this in the wild card. 74 and 51 is the Indians, and they're only a game and a half ahead of the race, or 73 and 53, and only a game ahead of the Oakland Athletics of 71 and 53. That's so much tougher than the NL. NL's a joke this year. Where are you? Where are you? You're talking about wild card. Yeah. I'm talking about divisions. I'm talking about the wild card as a whole, though. But the, the I will grant that the American League Central Division is also competitive between two teams, even though the the Twins are pulling away slightly. But the National League Central has legitimately three teams that are all fighting for that one spot. Only a few games separate them. Every other division, there's a huge gap between number one and number two. Hmm. So, the the wild card is going to be an interesting race, and it's becoming more interesting because the the um, the Phillies are starting to make a, a bit of a run. The Nationals are in the mix. We still don't know about it, if it's going to be the Cubs or the Brewers. So, yes, the wild card is going to be a very interesting race in the National League. But in divisions, the National League Central is definitely more competitive. Because look at... I I don't agree. The Houston Astros, they're up eight games over the Athletics, and then the next closest to the Angels, they're 18 games behind. The Athletics are 71 and 53, though, man. Tampa Bay is 10 games behind The Oakland Athletics are 71 and 53. 
Put that in the Chicago Cubs division. So here, you're looking at standings. Put the Oakland Athletics 71-53 and record in the NL Central, and where do they stand? Well, they'll be number one by several games. Okay. At least five games. I, absolutely. The NL Central only looks competitive because every single team in that division is bad. The AL Central looks really competitive and legit competitive because every, because most of the teams are good. They just are playing, I mean, just the best team in the doggone league right now is, you know, running away with the division. As they have the last three years. John Russell wants to weigh in. No. Does he disagrees with you? Well, John Russell doesn't know what he's talking about. Much more disparity within the American League than there is in the National League. National is much more tightly bunched. The worst teams in baseball are in the American League. No, they're not, John. 71 and 53 are the Oakland Athletics. I have to repeat myself again. 71 and 53 are the Oakland Athletics. And they are fighting for a wild card spot? (laughs) The only reason why they're bunched up in the NL Central is because every team sucks. No, they're all t- they're all fighting f- with each other. They're all splitting games with each other. Hey, by the way, I want to get away from this race talk. But did you see the series between Pittsburgh or the game between Pittsburgh and, and Chicago in the Little League World Series? No, that was really cool. Why? What happened? Well, it was just was it the small venue? Not a lot of people there. Just tons of little leaguers. Uh, Madden and Rizzo got on this cardboard and slid down the hill. They're hanging out with all these kids and uh, wearing some cool throwback jerseys. And uh, it was a really cool venue, really cool experience. Hopefully that's something that sparks the Cubs along here now. That's 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 awesome. That's breathtaking right there. Well, it's cool. It's really wow. cool for the kids to, to see that. Yeah, that was... That's great. Hey, we have a winner from our uh, bread and butter play of the game. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh. And it's? So, again, remember, listen closely, especially near the end of the games, when Skyview plays. Because John Newbold will announce a bread and butter play of the game from Old Gristmill. And if you can correctly identify it on Monday, typically on Mondays, when we get our stuff together, then you could win four loaves of bread. And for this week, Ashley Jenks correctly identified the play. <clears throat> so congratulations, Ashley. Way to go, Ash. Paying attention. Yeah. So here is the play. It was a it was the last six minutes of the game. Mason Foslov had a 24-yard run, spun away from a sack, ended up running into the midfield. It was the longest run of the night. It was a drive that Skyview started on their own two-yard line. And with 6-19 left in the game, uh, it was tied at 20 each. It was a 14-play drive capped with an 11-yard touchdown pass from Foslev to Trey Nyman for the game winner. So it was that initial spin out of a sack and run for 24 yards by Mason Foslev. That was the bread-and-butter play of the game, correctly identified. By Ashley Jenks. Video Ashley. Congrats. That's awesome. Very cool. So that's going to be something fun that we'll be doing throughout the high school football season. So make sure you pay attention on Friday nights to the Skyview Bobcats, which we carry right here on 106.9 FM, 
1390 AM, the fan, and the, uh, I'll say early in the next week, we'll we'll, uh, have you call in to identify what that play was, and if you correctly get it, then uh, you could win four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. All right, uh, some we've gone into at least my player of the week. I want to see who Ajay's player of the week was. We'll also get into a stat that blew our minds coming up on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Hey, before we get into your player of the of the week, mm-hmm. do you like this idea of what the Cubs and the, the Pirates did? What does everything have to be with about the Cubs? No, it could because next year it's gonna be the White Sox and who are they playing in uh Field the Dreams? Yankees. Yankees. Do you like this idea of taking regular season games and putting them in unique venues? Absolutely. Oh my gosh! If we had old stadiums up still, like Polo Grounds, Three Rivers, because uh, they did a game uh, Sportsman the, the Field side of the College World Series, didn't they? Yeah, this year. Yeah, and it was a blast too, and it was well attended. Um, you know, because people, you can look at the baseball season, Eric, and we can all say it's just a ho hum thing. We're just trying to get through the dog days of summer. But if you can create something like this in a venue that's unique to MLB baseball. And then create the excitement and draw the attendance. That helps you get through the summer. It really does, and it helps fans get through the summer, and it helps your your fans of your team get through it. And so when you can say, "Yeah, hey, on so and so day, we're gonna be playing at the Field of Dreams location. Eight thousand people only are allowed to be there. You know, we're gonna have it on TV. It, that's just so neat, man. And and then you have this little girl series thing. I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do. That was a. Uh, that's, you know, that's creative as well, and I think it's great for the kids. That's, oh, that's the most important what a part. Cool opportunity is that it, it's Because you want to be so careful about not taking the spotlight away from the Little League World Series. You really don't want to... You, you want to avoid that. And so for them to be able to go there and not take the spotlight away and still make it about the kids is something so fantastic and such a huge win for the MLB. I, I love it. I wish, like I said, I wish we had some of the old stadiums. Shea Stadium... Uh, you had Joe, Joe Robbie Stadium, the old Marlins place, and just like play like once a year or once every year, just play one game in that stadium. I would do anything to have that back. Oh, that'd be awesome. Like Wrigley Field, you know, it's an historic stadium. They play there every day. You know, it's really interesting. I can only imagine <laughs> that when you, uh, <laughs> when the Cubs won the World Series, you probably off like camping with your friends, huh? Or hanging out with your family, not even watching the game. Uh, and then when they won, watching the game. you posted something. Yeah, I was there watching the NY. You probably like put on your DVR and then recorded you like reacting after you already knew they won. That's probably you, wasn't it? That was not me. Pots and pans running around the neighborhood. That was me making noise uh, as, as it happened. But yeah, there were a lot of those people who came out of the woodwork like, oh yeah, I've been a Cubs fan. Wearing Cubs life. hats and all that. Really? Where's the evidence? Well, even like, like when Warrior fans do that, I remember I went to one kid when I was working in Salt Lake and I was asked to do an assignment and to go to Warrior fans and be like, you know, try to call them out on if they were actually a fan or if they were just jumping on the wagon. 
and I saw this 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 young man. He had to be like maybe nineteen, twenty or so, and he had this really gorgeous, beautiful girl, like incredibly beautiful. He had no right to be with her. So I was like, "This will be fun." Hey, man, I'm doing a report for Utah Jazz Radio. I just wanted to know what was your experience like. Uh, you know, you've been a Warriors fan for how long? Oh, my whole life. Yeah. Okay. So how old are you? Yeah. You know, I'm about twenty. You know, one years old, and yeah, I've been a fan ever since I could watch basketball. Oh, really? So, so tell me, you know, about the series. You remember the series ten years ago, right? When they played the Mavericks, and he kind of like looks at his girlfriend, looks at me. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, tell me about uh, what, what, who's that dunk on Andre Karolinko? Uh, what man? And I was just playing along. What was his name? Oh yeah, it was uh, it was that one guy. Uh, <laughs> one guy. Yeah. What was it? I mean, it was in, it was it was in Golden State, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy with the beard. Do you remember what? Like, I mean, who was it who dunked on Karolinko? He's like, it was. Uh, oh man, it, it, you're putting me on the spot here. I can't remember. And then I'm about to say the name, and the girl goes. Uh, yeah, it was Baron Davis. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Baron Davis. And I was like, man, and who did they beat in the first round? Do you remember? Oh, it was, uh, it was the Spurs. Wait, it was the Spurs? Because didn't they win the NBA championship? No, 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 it was the Spurs. Uh, actually, it was the Mavericks. <laughs> so the, the girl knows and, everything and about he's, the team. And, he and he's looking at me like red face, like, get the heck out of my face. And I was like, hey, wait, 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 last question. Uh, who is your favorite player? Before Steph Curry. Oh, you know, I have so many of them. The girl's like, I'll just take it from here. Uh, you know, I really love Jason Richardson. And this boy just is ready to walk out. And he's like, hon, we got to go. We got to get our seats. And she's like, no, no. And she continues to go on why she, she loves Jason Richardson. So she was the diehard And fan. I just sat there and I said, thank you so much for uh, being a part of my experiment of if we have bandwagon fans or true fans in Golden State. And he didn't say a word. He grabbed his girlfriend's hand and walked off. If I wasn't married, I probably could have got a date with her that night. <laughs> because of the questions you were asking? Yes. I, dude, I showed him up. <laughs> he's wearing a, he's wearing a, he's wearing a uh, Steph Curry jersey with like this, you know, weird looking Golden State hat or whatever. You know, and his tight pants. You know how kids are these days. They wear pants that their kneecaps are going to rip through the legs. You know, it's so anyways, it was just annoying. So I showed him up. And like I said, I, I could have easily got a date with that. In fact, that girl probably would have came and sat with me in the nosebleed seats instead of like in the lower bowl with him. Totally. I totally see that. Because I showed him up. You don't, Dude, you know what? You don't get it. You don't get it. Okay. You're a bandwagon I'm, Cubs fan. I, <laughs> Take that. Uh, all right. We need to do this. Uh, we need to... Take your time out quick, and we come back. Yeah, you need a group your, now, don't you? Your, no, you called out by me. I can see what, who I can ask questions of to see, you know, how far I can get with somebody else. I don't know. It's, it's a strange. Ooh, that concept. could be interesting. It's a strange concept. Can cold call somebody? <laughs> yeah. uh, but we need to get into your player of the week, the stat that blew our minds. It's all coming. How up. long have you been a fan of the full court press? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Probably <laughs> what the reply. Who's John Newbold? <laughs> yeah, was, what? Oh, stop it. Don't do that. Is that a defensive thing you do in basketball? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll have that coming up next. Oh, man. <laughs> 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan.
Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on the Full Court Press on a Tuesday. We get into our Player of the Week, stat that blew our minds. Remember that USU Volleyball has their blue and white scrimmage tonight, 7 o'clock in the Wayne Nesta Center. Also, Utah State made it official today that Tyron Adams, a cornerback from uh, who recently played last season, played all 13 games for Arizona State, has transferred to USU, and he is available. And he is available. Man, I'm getting tongue-tied. He is cleared to play immediately. And he'll have two years of eligibility. So big news there for USU defensively. That that USU defensive unit just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yeah, they do. And they're going to need it, though. I mean, they play some revved-up offenses uh, that can that can chuck it and, and, and put points on in a hurry. LSU is going to be one of those offenses. Uh, Fresno State will definitely be Boise State, of course. San Diego State likes to score and score high. Uh, and then you got, you know, a, a potential NFL first-round pick in Zach Wilson. Um, obviously, the best quarterback in the state, or at least one of them, right now. I'd, uh, I, you know, obviously he's the best quarterback on the schedule that the Aggies face. So it's 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 going to be interesting. Uh. So let's get into our. You just totally ignored my troll job. That's incredible. <laughs> that's... Damn, that was, that's that was impressive. Yeah, you say I don't pay attention to you. <laughs> but... Oh, Brian Snicker for the. So I'm a big Braves guy, right? You're a big Cubs guy. I'm a big Braves guy, right? Brian Snicker just got ejected again from a game. Dude, I love when they mic him up and he gets ejected. Oh, it. I got my first ejection was a line coming from what I heard Brian Snicker say. It was awesome. I can't repeat it on air. Probably not. If it got you ejected and he got ejected, then it probably, yeah, probably not worth repeating over the airwaves on this national radio day or whatever we call it. Uh, National radio day. Yeah. So uh, my player of the week this week was Bryce Harper. Uh, We talked about it a little bit earlier at 21 with 21 at bats in the last seven days. Uh, six runs on seven hits, four home runs, ten RBI. Uh, guy who's he's been on a tear uh, just in the last week, and he also had a, a walk off grand slam to help his team get the victory after being down against the Chicago Cubs. So Bryce Harper having himself a week last week. He was my player of the week. Ajay, who was your player of the week? Uh, yeah, my player of the week actually comes from high school. And uh, it's going to be Pineview's quarterback, McLeod Crouton. Crouton, actually. He's uh, Coach Crouton's boy, if I remember right. Yeah, Gary Crouton's son. 480, 482 yards and seven touchdowns versus Ridgeline. They lost 58-56. Not because of him, though. <laughs> what a shootout. Yeah, that was that was incredible. And they were in position to take the lead and win the game. Yeah. There was only like a minute and a half yeah. left. They were marching down the field, and it was a defensive play, an interception late that sealed the victory for the Riverhawks. Yeah, that. Yeah, he he had he's a player. Yeah, I was really impressed. I mean, and and I mean, DeMooney carried the ball for twenty five times for one hundred ninety eight yards and five TDs. Yeah, but the throw for four hundred eighty two yards and seven touchdowns. That's. I mean, look. Okay, so look at this fourth quarter. Uh. I guess it's more of the third. Okay, look at this third to fourth quarter. So with 10:43, Ridgeline scores on a run from the Mooney. Pineview 
scores on a TD pass from a crown with 802. At 745, Ridgeline responds. At 606, Pioneer scores. Then they score again with 343. Ridgeline scores uh, with 44 seconds left in the third. So in the third quarter alone, which is only 12 minutes of football, 714, 21, 28, 30, 20, wait, 714, 21, 28, 35, 42 points in 12 minutes was scored in the third quarter. That's incredible. Good heck. Someone play defense. <laughs> Someone make a tackle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, what, what is going to be in store this week? Will it be similar? Or will it start to uh, even out a little bit? I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, Ridgeline is on the road at Cypress. Sure are. So that, that's their schedule for this week. Uh, stat that blew my mind. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, you want me to go? That was weird. But for me, I'm still in <laughs> baseball for my uh, stat and player. They're both in baseball. Uh, there were 48 home runs that were hit on Thursday. Wait, what? On Thursday alone? On Thursday alone. There were 10 games played, 48 home runs in those 10 games. That 4.8 home run per game average, it is the most all-time in a game with at least 10 games played. And nine different players had a multi-home run game on Thursday, tying July 2nd, 2002 with the most multi-home run games in a single day all-time. There, So many guys are hitting the ball out of the park, and a lot of guys are hitting more than just one home run in a game. I think it's awesome. I think it's fun for the game. It gets fans excited. It's, those are momentum, exciting plays. I love it. Some baseball purists, the pitching purists, are a little upset about it. <laughs> but I love it. I think it's great for the game. No, me too. Thursday was incredible. Me too. It's fun. I mean, nobody minds a two-hour and 15-minute game. Where you know it's a one nothing or two nothing game, uh, but you know it is. I mean to be able to pick up the speed of you know I guess you no know, pick up the pace of runs scored in a game is is really funny. We all remember the Astros Dodgers wild game was it game five or game six where it was like I mean how many runs were scored or how many home runs were hit that night? I don't even remember, but I mean it's it's stuff like that. It just blows your mind. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, here's, it's, it's more of a riddle and more of a, it's not really a stat, but it just, when I read it, it was really hard to believe. And then I had to go do research on it just to make sure it was right. And it was. So think back to 1950 where the, when the AP preseason poll began and think about all the great teams since 1950 to have been ranked number one and to finish as number one. This is in college football. In college football. Okay. How many teams do you guess? That started the season as number one and finished the season at number one. Yep. How many teams since 1950? And outright finished number one. Uh, wow. I would think probably not very many. I would probably say, I don't know, 12. Okay. Two. Two? Only two? Florida State in 1999 when they walloped Tennessee and USC in 2004. The Reggie Bush, 
Carson Palmer, greatest wow. show in California. Wow, only two. Only two. Yeah, see that that's blew amazing. my mind. Yeah, that just that that. I mean, you think about the Miami teams with Jimmy Johnson. You think about the Alabama teams with Nick Saban. You think about LSU teams with Les Miles or Urban Meyer teams with Ohio State or Florida. Florida, right? And only two have finished. It started as number one and finishes outright number one. And even some of those Notre Dame teams from like the eighties. Yeah, that's another. That's a great one right there, Eric. Yeah, that's a great one. Or I mean, I'm trying to think like Oklahoma teams and Texas teams in the seventies. Yeah, no, two. Stoops had some great. That's Oklahoma right. Teams. Yep, that's right. The late nineties and early two thousands. That it just amazes me. 99 and 2004. So Clemson, who starts out as number one this year, is ranked, you know, 25 or number one for the first time in his program history. I can't imagine how hard it is to hold that with all, like, with the target on your back. That's what makes you respect and appreciate teams like Florida State and USC. That USC team was, like, on an agenda in regards to just wrecking teams. Because they knew if they lost one game... The whole like glitter and glamour of USC would be erased, at least for that year. And they loved it. They you watch that Trojan War uh, thirty for thirty. It's incredible. But you see how much they enjoyed it, having like Snoop Dogg, having Will Ferrell come out. And oh, celebrities on the side. They loved it, man. The they ate that up. I it mean, was, and it was in the time when there was no professional football in Los Angeles. That's so right. USA USC was professional. What football. was yeah, it, and for better or worse, that was a great point. I love what you just said. They were the professional football of LA, and I would damn near agree. For better or worse, because there were play, players getting paid. Oh yeah, all kinds of oh yeah shenanigans. But you know what, dude? I mean, I th- I think if you go back and ask Reggie Bush, um, Leonard White. Carson, I mean that whole anybody who was a part of that. If they do it again, so was that Carson Palmer or Matt Leinart? Uh, 04 was. Oh, you're right. Sorry, it was Matt Leinart. Carson Palmer was in 02. Excuse me. So Matt Leinart. Um, but I think if you were to go back and ask them if they do it again, I think they'd say yes. I mean, dude, they had the time of the. They were going to USC and they were Hollywood celebrities. I mean, they go into a restaurant. It was like I want your autograph. I mean, everywhere they went. They were gods in California. You gave me a look. We got breaking news. All right. Brett McMurphy yep, just sh- now. Yep. Just shoot Utah it. State cornerback Jamarcus Ingram, who had 15 starts last two seasons, joins Texas Tech as a grad transfer. He'll have two years of eligibility at what Tech. What the heck? I thought he was going somewhere else. I thought he was going to Weber State. It was originally rumored that that's where he was headed, to Texas Tech. Uh, and then... Looked like it was going to blow up and not happen. But Brett McMurphy just now on Twitter, Utah State cornerback Brett, Mc, er, Brett McMurphy, Jamarcus Ingram, who had 15 starts last year for the Aggies, the last two seasons, I should say, is going to Texas Tech. Okay, so here's the thing. Wow, good pickup by you. Um, when I had last heard from somebody, they said that Jamarcus was planning to go to Texas Tech. Things got like, things just got raveled up. You know, there was some confusion on what was going on. And Jamarcus was going to go to Weber State where his girlfriend is currently attending. And that's the last thing I had heard. Hmm. 
But we never saw anything official. Yeah. We ne- oh, no, we never did. In fact, when I looked at the transfer portal for football, it didn't have DeMarcus Ingram listed on it. Period. So, so no kidding. Interesting that this happens on the day where Utah State makes it official yeah. that Tyrone Adams is coming to you. Yeah. Do you think? Maybe USU is holding out and uh, not releasing it, making it happen, somehow stonewalling this until they knew they could get a replacement. And then once the replacement was done, they say, okay, you're free to go. I don't know. Okay, no, okay, so but, maybe but, not. But, what the, but, play but with, it's interesting no, that no, it no. happened on the same day. I love it. No, but play with me here. Hypothetically, play with me here. Do you think I want to make it clear this is very hypothetical? Yeah, very, very extremely hypothetical. Everybody listening right now. Just a couple of dudes spitballing. Do you think Jamarcus would have done that? Like, waited that? I mean, it is kind of weird that it came till August 20th, one week before football season starts nationally for the whole entire country. Well, I just kind of. for both guys is. Is not ideal. Yeah. Because camp's already been going for a couple of weeks. Uh, if you're going to make that change, I mean, why why, do, why didn't you do it after spring ball at the latest? If you he, if he didn't know with the coaching change that happened in January or whatever, you had spring to kind of see what this new coaching staff was about. Why in August, middle August, with a week and a half before the season opener. So the timing is curious, and there can be a variety of reasons why things get delayed uh, or they get uh, – maybe somebody requests to, to leave, and there may be reasons why they can't or they don't have a landing spot yet, and it gets held up for various reasons or appealed. Uh, and so it, it takes some time to finally get released to, to make that change. But – isn't it interesting that Utah mm-hmm. State makes official that Tyron Adams is coming to USU? And Jamarcus is like, hey, guess what, the everybody? Same day, <laughs> Bruce Feldman now also reporting the same thing. Jamarcus Ingram is going to Texas Tech as a grad transfer, saying that he's immediately available and he'll have two years of eligibility. So. You remember when we were asking, you were in the room with us too in that media day, right? With Anderson, you were there, and you and I. And we both, even I think we brought it up on the show, when someone had asked about like Jamarcus Ingram, I think it was you actually well, asked I, about the absentees. I didn't expressly say his name. No, but you brought, and I think Anderson knew exactly where you were going with the question. Somebody was asking about uh, late arrivals yes. in camp. Yeah. And I asked about late departures. And like, I didn't name names. No. And we the all to- knew what we were exactly. asking. And everyone kind of looked at you, and then like in unison, like you see on a TV show, turned their heads at Anderson. And Anderson... Yeah, everyone's looking at me like, you really just asked that? I'm and like, I was yeah, like, thank you. That. And I remember media members came after me and said, I'm glad someone had the guts to ask it, because I didn't. And I was like, well, yeah, me neither. You know, but I'm glad you did, Eric, because two things came out of it. One, the tone of his voice. <laughs> you could tell he was irritated with some things going on. And two, his eyeball look. Uh, he, you know, it was almost just, like, disgust. Well, and what, like, look, we're focusing on who we do have. Yeah. And we're happy to have who we have. I'm not going to comment on moved guys on. that are leaving. Yeah. And we're going to move on. And sure enough, they have. They've but honestly, my question wasn't specifically about Ingram, because there were some guys who had injuries that... We had no idea had about. taken themselves 
uh, out of football. And, and so we didn't know quite all that. So there was a there were a number of players on my mind, not just Jamar. In Singer. fact, in fact, when we were at the scrimmage on Saturday, we're not at the scrimmage on Saturday. Doug Hoffman, the media relations guy, came to me and said, "AJ, because I was looking at the media guide for numbers and names, and he goes, AJ, throw away that media guide, or at least for the roster part of it, it's completely different now." <laughs> and it has it's changed a lot. So uh, as as you noted, Bregman Murphy on Twitter has announced that Jamarcus Ingram, former Utah State defensive back, is now left and transferred to Texas Tech. After rumors that there was confusion and whatever else happened, and uh, he was going to go to Weber State. Obviously, things changed, though. Uh, so the um, Bruce Feldman also reporting this. Uh, he's with Fox Sports and FS1, which we carry here. Fox Sports Radio contributes to the Athletic, so he has also confirmed the uh, transfer from uh, Jamarcus Ingram. All right. Uh, Holy cow! So. We need to verify maybe one of the stats that blew our minds. We'll do that coming up next. Oh, no, we ain't verifying nothing. <laughs> we'll discuss no, that next. No, James can go choke on an apple. Uh-uh. <laughs> we, yes, I, I want to debate that because there's a technicality that I think should still be ignored. We'll discuss that coming up oh, next. Oh, my court gosh. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. So... Somebody wanted to weigh in and uh, no, your call stat him that out. Blew we're, your no, mind. we're gonna we're gonna use his name. Call him out. Yeah, so, so James, my main us, man, James, send us a note saying, "Hey, love the guy. You can't don't count the 2004 USC team." But he says stupid stuff sometimes. <laughs> yes, there was NCAA violations as we talked about. They were treated like a professional team for better or worse. Guys getting paid, and so NCAA violations had to vacate wins which didn't classify them as one of those teams that was the number one team from start to finish. But, okay, all that being said, they still won games. At the beginning of the season, they were number one. They still had to play. When the season was over, they were number one. Yes, there may have been NCAA violations. That was after. And you know what? They still played the games and they still played it. they were one of two teams to do that. Absolutely. 100% agree. The whole... The whole thing of well, they're they you know their season, yeah, it counts. It, yeah, you, it definitely counts. I still count them as one of the greatest college football teams in in college football history, and one of the greatest bowl games I've ever seen. Oh that my Rose gosh, bowl, Vince Young just lit Texas. them up. I thought the Boise State Oklahoma game was the best bowl game I had ever. Was witnessed. that in the same year, Eric? It was. It was a little bit later on in that same bowl season. I thought, wow, that, because I just I got think, topped. Well, and the Fiesta Bowl had the triple overtime game with Penn State and Florida State, and Penn State won that game. Man, that was that a, was a good great year, for bowl, year for bowl games. Yes, it was. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll get into our uh, full court press movie quiz. It'll be my turn to try to stump Ajay. Dude, I was doing so good until I read you that dang second quote. I never thought. <laughs> I, I never. Susan Sarandon, I'm sorry. That, that surprised you. me. That's what gave it away. Uh, so anyway, we'll get into that and more of a, getting you ready for Utah State football as they're just a little bit of a, a barely a week away from the season opener uh, at, uh, at Wake Forest. Hawaii opens their season this weekend. So we'll get into a little bit more of uh, college football 
tomorrow on the Full Court Press. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Sheriff Chad Jensen, and I want to remind you all, with school starting this week, we need everyone to please be cautious and make sure you slow down in school zones.